Hey, Stu. Is, is that the type of state of emergency that they're... Uh, that my Patriot supply exists to prevent. Are you kidding like me? Like if they put in school choice that you can go get your emergency food. I'm already in my shelter. Right. Okay, good. Okay. Good. I'm already locked up in my shelter. I'm just, I'm just here with all of my food <laughs> from my Patriot supply because of the state of emergency that's going on. Yeah. Notice that, he's not in my shelter. I'm not in the shelter because yeah. I don't think school choice is a state of emergency. I think it's a real positive. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm here behind the vault doors here. Nobody's getting to me. And I've got I've got at least three months food for every member of my family. In fact, Stu, I did buy an extra kit for you. Oh, thank you. I'm not opening the door, though. So, so how is that going to benefit me? I don't know, but we've got an extra three months. Uh, in here preparewithglenn.com if you find this to be an emergency real emergencies are coming up don't break out your emergency food supply yet preparewithglenn.com preparewithglenn.com get uh, $200 uh, off right now per kit at preparewithglenn.com of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I don't know. Uh, I don't think our cities are turning into Gotham. I mean, well, we don't have the big bat light yet. So, but other than that, other than that, I mean, that's the last piece. For it to officially become Gotham, we need a caped crusader with a bat light. Um, but the crime we got. What the hell is happening? Tim Poole is here, host of Timcast IRL. Uh, you can follow him on Timcast.com. This guy is taking Gotham on and doing some amazing things, uh, raising money for uh, Daniel Penny's defense fund. This guy, if, if this guy goes to jail... What does that teach all of us? What does that teach our children? Tim Pool checks in with us in 60 seconds. Right now, you might not know it, know it, but cyber criminals often add insult to injury. When your personal information is stolen through something like a data breach, it often ends up getting sold in bulk to the dark web for as little as 10 cents. Come on, really? So you're not only losing the information to thieves, but they have the gall to sell it cheap, and I am very offended by that. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft affect your life. Everything we do is online now, so do not cancel cybersecurity. 25% off now at your subscription to LifeLock. It's top of the line in cybersecurity. It has both preventative measures to keep you safe and access to a restoration team because nobody can catch everything every time. They only have to be right once. LifeLock by Norton. Join now, save 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK. Promo code BECK, 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. 
or lifelock.com. Save 25%. Promo code BECK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. Tim, my man, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? Well, I'm I'm good. I've I want to come on to your show. You've invited me a, a few times, but I don't know. Getting there and the bag over my head and being thrown into the back of the van. It's yeah, a, we're up on the top of the mountain, so yeah. you know, gotta keep it a secret, right? <laughs> yeah. How are you? Uh pretty good, pretty good. I mean things are things are going great out here. We're we're expanding quite a bit. We got a new studio that's that's popping up. Very excited for that. Yeah. Other than that, just doing the show, talking about the news, and then uh, I guess to a certain degree, giving my money away to people who need it more than I do. Good for you. Good for you. What you're doing with uh, Daniel Perry is so, or Daniel Penny is so. Penny Perry was the other guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, Penny is what you're doing is so important. This guy, I can't believe we live in a uh, in America today that is going after this guy. Well, I was on the I was on the other side of it uh, to a certain degree when the story first comes out because I've I've been re- just really frustrated with what I view as not enough people standing up for our moral values or a moral framework, you know. And so with uh, say Kyle Rittenhouse, for instance, I'm 100. We got we got to save this guy. With Daniel Penny, I, I I first said, you know what? Obviously, this guy should not be going to prison. He did the right thing. He was defending others. But if you choose to live in these cities and you are not pushing back against this, uh, the changes, if you're voting for these people, I have no sympathy. And so that was what I was saying the week prior. And then I had a few conversations. Some people made some good arguments to me. And I realized, you know what, there is a very, very good reason to actually be in this fight to make sure Penny does not go to prison. The first is, you know, I felt kind of bad to see everybody rallying to save this guy from prison. Here I am being this kind of dick, like, I screw you, you you made your own bed. But I thought about two things. One, someone said to me, it's not so easy just to leave a city when, you know, Tim, when you say, get out of the cities because they're they're getting bad and the, the, the Democrat policies are soft on crime, it's getting worse. You gotta understand some people can't just up and leave. And my response was always, well, it may be very, very hard and it may be the hardest thing you've ever done, but you certainly can move out of these cities. And then someone made a really good point. They said, my, my wife left me through no choice of my own and my kids are here and I will not leave them behind. And I'm like, okay, that's, a, that's actually a good point. Some, there, there really are circumstances where people, they, they wanna stay there, they wanna push back. They don't want the cities to fall into this, this chaotic garbage. And, you know, I, I was a bit short-sighted on that, and I can respect that. But then the better argument was, if Daniel Penny loses this fight, then the self-defense, uh, yep. then self-defense in this country erodes, and it's only a matter of time before it comes to your suburbs and then to your more rural areas. And that was the most compelling thing to me. I was like, well, look, I've always agreed this guy is a hero who's done the right thing. But actually, it's a really good point. Let's... So, so when I went, and, you know, I wake up one day, and I'm looking at the fundraiser, I said... Basically, because I was such a dick. Last okay, week, we're on a we're on FCC I, airways. I just wanted you to be careful. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> uh, I, I should probably uh, lead out on this one. And so uh, then I uh, decided to, you know, I looked at what the current numbers were and I said, I can afford to do better. I, so I, I put up $20,000 for, for Daniel Penny, kind of in a, uh, I should have donated in the, in the first place. I was wrong to say you're on your own. And I do want this guy to win. I do want self-defense to win. And so uh, 
I, I, I put up the 20 grand and I, and I said, I know there's a lot of people who can probably give more than me and I challenge them to do so. And there's another reason on top of it. Let's, let's send a message that the protests which triggered this man's arrest are meaningless because mm-hmm. you have in you have in New York city, these protesters come out, they're violent, they get arrested and they use that to garner sympathy. And yet this, our reporter who was simply standing there filming was physically attacked by these protesters. And I said, I want to send a message that these protests don't work. And so that means we have to counter those protests with something more powerful. And that's winning the legal battle here for Daniel Penny. Well, I, um, uh, I, I just, I look at this story and I think to myself, what you said about it, come to your town next, you, this is going against all of human nature. And this is what progressives do in the end. It's always going against human nature. It is saying that you don't have a right to defend yourself or protect others. And for a guy to stand up, I mean, think of this. Who was his name? Todd Beamer. Wasn't he the guy, the let's roll guy? All he did was exactly what Todd Beamer did after 9-11 or during, on 9-11, where he was sitting in the plane, the hijackers take over, and he's like, let's go. Come on. It's us or them. And they took him down. And we celebrated. We celebrated that guy. Here's another guy. I don't think he wished him ill. He just wanted to stop him from doing any damage or hassling people. And, uh, and we don't have a right to do that if he loses you're exactly right. We have to sit there and take it. There's also, um, I believe, I, I can't remember how long, long ago it was in New York. Another man was being violent on the subway and, and getting people's faces. And a man put him in a chokehold and subdued him. And he got interviewed on television as a hero. So, so something changed or has been changing over the past several years. And I think while I can certainly point the finger at these far left extremists and, and these Soros DAs and these policies, I think the bigger problem is not that evil exists, but it's that good men do nothing. Mm-hmm. And so in a place like New York City, I wonder why it is the people of New York City, knowing that crime is, is getting out of hand, why aren't people protesting for Penny? That, that was initially what got me on sort of the negative side of this, like, look, the people of New York City come out and protest to have this man arrested. This is what they want. If the people of New York City wanted something different, they would be standing up for Daniel Penny, but they don't do it. Now, all that aside, my ultimate conclusion is we, 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 need, to, we need to be that support then. We need to help this man win this legal case, lest it come our way. Always be standing up for people who are doing the right thing, lest one day it is you on the firing line and right. no one speaking up for you. Well, but I do think it's uh, go ahead. Oh, good. I was going to say, I think it's interesting that where, where is the shared conviction and moral framework of the American population? We can see it with this movement to provide resources to Penny for his legal defense, but we don't see it on the ground the way the left does. So not only are the left fundraising like crazy when it comes to political issues, they're out there getting physically violent and organizing massive protests and voter initiatives. And that, that seems to be the stronger organizational power. We've got to counter that. We've got to wake people up. We've got to tell people that the only thing required for evil to triumph is that good people do nothing. And we need those good people to stand up. So I think the, the problem is not that 
people are unwilling to stand up. They're unwilling to stand up under these conditions because I think the January 6th scared people enough that if they go stand up, there might be an FBI informant there that's going to start something. Uh, they, if if the left comes in, starts a fight, they're going to be ones that they're called the terrorist. I think people are much more comfortable being at home. They feel safer being at home giving uh, than they do marching. And that is a problem. But I don't see a yeah. Martin Luther King that is leading that. You know, freedom, freedom isn't free. And if this is how we as the American people choose to progress, that is to say, the average person says, you know what, it's easier for me to stay home and keep my head down than, than the next generation, the generation after that, things will just keep getting worse. The, the, I, I think back to the, the greatest generation. I think back to the men and women who fought in the American Revolution. These are people who said, if I don't do it, who will? And if I don't do it, what am I leaving for my children? But now it seems very much so that that mentality certainly exists among these leftists who, who believe crazy things. But the average American, the regular person says, just leave me alone. And this allows the more extreme elements of the left to run rampant, capture institutions. Now, to be honest, I, I, I am fairly optimistic, though. I think uh, freedom, personal responsibility, meritocracy, I think all that's going to win. I think this is just a great challenge before us in our in our current decade or generation. But I'm 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 pretty sure we got this one. I do. I, I, I don't I don't see the chaos of the left functioning properly. There's a fire that is raging, but I think I think it'll I think we will stop it. I do. I have a sneaking suspicion that that is true. I wasn't there a year ago, um, but I am there now. I mean, it's going to be a race to the finish. Um and I'm not mm -hmm. sure for, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want to bet my house on who's going to cross that finish line first. But uh, they are so out in the open now. And the things that they are pushing are so crazy that I just don't think that Ameri <clears throat> Americans will continue to take it. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I, I agree. No, I, I do think so. Um, I think what we're seeing with Penny, I think... This is a sign of people saying, OK, OK, maybe I do need to be active because it will come to your house. And, I, you know, I talked about this several years ago. I said, when the mob is outside protesting and screaming, the police will have a decision. They'll say, do we arrest the man in his home, one man, or do we try to arrest 200 violent rioters? And they're going to say, look. It's easier to keep the peace by arresting the one man. And you know what? We saw that happen in Milwaukee a couple of years ago. A large group of Black Lives Matter protesters had set, or I should say rioters at this point, set fire to a house twice because they were demanding that these two young girls be released who weren't even there. It was just mob mentality. This same group, mostly the same group, same organizers, showed up to a man's house and began a similar protest. When he brandished his shotgun from inside his own home as a warning to these people, like who had previously burned down a house, I'm not saying it was the right thing to do, but when he did, the police came to the cheers of Black Lives Matter and arrested the man in his own home and carried him away and they celebrated it. And it was interesting because we said, I thought Black Lives Matter wanted to defund the police. No, no, no. They want to remove any police who are willing to support American values, self-defense. They arrested a guy in his own house. And I warned people. If you don't stand up 
if you're not active, the cops will simply say, look, you don't ever protest. There is no political pressure from you. The violence and the fear that we feel is coming from the far left. So we're going to do what they want. We got we, we got we got we to gotta, we gotta send a message. We're stopping that. We're saying, no, 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 no. No, we're going to stand up against this and we're going to put pressure in the right way, which is through the legal process. Yes. To put an end to the violence and the chaos. Good for you, Tim. Tim, thank you so much. Great to talk to you. And uh, keep up the good Thanks work. Thanks for having me. You bet. Tim Appreciate Poole, it. T- Tim Poole, host of uh, TimCast at TimCast.com or YouTube. Back in just a second. Dealing with aches and pains in your everyday life can be exhausting. Believe me. I know. It used to be that I was in pain beyond my own imagination. And I thought, I'm just going to, I just, I, this is the way my life is going to be. And I just can't do it every day. Well, my wife talked me into trying Relief Factor. I don't know. I didn't think it would work for me uh, because ibuprofen never works for me. Inflammation. Right. I got it. Well, this is not ibuprofen. Ibuprofen attacks your inflammation one way. This attacks it four different ways. If you are really struggling with pain, would you just try this? The three-week quick start. It's $19.95. It's a trial pack. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and about 70% of them go on to order more. It's relieffactor.com or call 800, the number 4, relief. 800, the number 4, relief. Relieffactor.com. Feel the difference. 10 seconds, station ID. So there is um, there is a really um, a great op-ed that came out from Peachy Keenan. Do you know Peachy Keenan? I don't know that I do. Okay, so she's an American editor, contributing uh, editor. And she's got a new book out. She goes under the pseudonym of Peachy Keenan. She does um, she does a lot of sarcastic uh, stuff, and uh, she has not come out on who she really is. She's got a new book coming out, I think, in June or July, and that's when she's going to, you know, uh, reveal who she is. Um, but her website is peachykeenanwrites.com. And she's written a, an op-ed for The Federalist. The lesson of Jordan Neely, your courage and sacrifice will be punished. She, and I, I'm not sure how much of this is sarcastic, um, but she talks about what is it we're teaching our sons. How do we teach our son? What do we teach them? In, in, in my world, he was a hero. He was a hero. He stands up. He is not doing vengeance. He's not filled with anger. He puts him in the right position, puts his head back afterwards to recover. It just, this guy died. Well, sometimes that happens, and it wasn't his intent to do it. And now they're they're charging him with... with um, Manslaughter. No, we cannot be a society that lives in fear. Weakness is strength. Courage is hatred. In the aftermath, I tweeted strong, brave men enough to intervene publicly when deranged lunatics or terrifying people are going to be rounded up first. This is brilliant strategy for the regime. 
Pick off the bravest and most selfless heroes first. Leave the cowards behind who will fall in line fast. That's Peachy Keenan. Hmm. I come from that old school where, like, you just, you know, one of the ways to avoid really bad consequences, like the one the guy on the subway wound up dealing with, uh, is to not engage in the behavior that causes them, right? Like, if you don't want to be arrested, try not to commit crimes. That doesn't mean that there are no exceptions to that rule. If you don't want to get shot by a police officer, don't run away from police or fight with police officers. Does that prevent every shooting? Does that prevent every terrible thing that might happen? Does that prevent every bad cop from doing something bad? No, but will it eliminate, I don't know, 99.6% of your problems? Sure will. You can't, you can't guard for every single negative consequence. You could get stabbed on the subway, not doing anything. You could be just sitting there reading a paper and get stabbed or attacked like this guy may very well have done if this guy, the other guy hadn't stepped in and stopped him. But like, if you don't want to get taken down by somebody who uh, is, is trying to protect other people on the subway, you should try not threatening people on the subway. Now, this person seemed to be in m- severe mental distress. And that is a problem that is not the fault of the other people on the subway. No, they, they don't have to deal with getting stabbed just because he's dealing with mental distress. That's not their job. Do you, do you remember the name uh, Simon Marshall? You should. Everybody should. Yes. He's the guy who pushed the 40-year-old uh, woman in front of the uh, oncoming train at uh, Times Square. Okay? That just happened in 2022. It's severe mental illness that's going on. And a this guy had a long list of uh, criminal convictions, but they didn't put him in jail. And so what does he do? Takes an innocent woman and pushes her uh, into it. If you could have stopped that, you would have. But would you then have been the bad guy? If you had to choke him out, would you be the bad guy from stopping him pushing a woman right in front of a train in Times Square? And when you have to add that layer of calculation to that moment, a lot of times the, the good outcome doesn't happen. Right. Right. People just say, ah, I don't want to tr- I don't want to risk this. They'll probably throw me in prison for saving this person. Correct. And that's what they're trying to teach us right now. We have Peachy Keenan on with us uh, next. What do we teach our boys? How do we teach self-defense and to stand up for others? We go there in just a minute. Stand by. The Glenn Beck Program. So Mike Lindell has a special going on. He has a six-piece towel set. Uh, they're made with U.S. cotton, extremely absorbent, uh, soft, durable. I just used them this morning for my shower. <laughs> uh, the set comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, two washcloths. Typically retails for ninety-nine bucks, but for a limited time. You can get this set on clearance for $25 with the promo code BECK. That's over 70% in savings. You're not going to get great towels at that price anyplace else. $25 for a six-towel set? These are going to sell out fast. They're machine washable, very durable, come in multiple sizes and styles. 
To find this offer, go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Special Square. Get the clearance price of 29 bucks on the towel set. Deal's not going to last long. Enter the promo code BECK at checkout. Call 800-966-3117. MyPillow.com. Promo code BECK. It's time to get signed up to Blaze TV. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. You can save 30 bucks right now by using the promo code FEDUP. In the Federalist, there is a, a great op-ed, The Lessons of Jordan Neely, Your Courage and Sacrifice Will Be Punished. I just want to give a few pieces of this. We have Peach Keenan on with us in just a second. Um, she says, weakness is strength, courage is hatred. In the aftermath, I tweeted, strong men brave enough to intervene publicly when a deranged lunatic is terrifying people are going to be rounded up first. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant strategy for the regime. Pick off the bravest and most selfless heroes first. Leave the cowards behind who will all fall in line fast. The worse is the subway Vikings fate. The worse the uh, Vikings fate is, the less likely any of us, the sane ones, will be tempted to lift a finger when they come for us, our friends or our neighbors. If the Viking gets 20 years on Rikers Island, plus some prison rapes and beatings for good measure as the guards look the other way, that'll teach you boys a lesson. She goes on to uh, talk about um, in uh, in this terrible, up, ugly, upside down, zero trust society. I have been forced to raise a family uh, and I have developed a new survival rule. I have instructed my husband and son to be cowards. That's right. To do nothing if they are in a situation where dangerous psycho is threatening violence on a stranger. I've begged with them to sit on their hands, to be one of the people who just watches, runs away, calls 9-11-9-1-1. It goes against everything in, in their bodies, but I want them uh, with me, not dead or in jail. She said, I feel like I have failed as a mother because I forgot to teach my sons to be cowards. I'm hoping this is uh, sarcasm, uh, but Peachy Keenan is is here with us. Hi, Peachy. Hi, Glenn. How are you? I'm really good. Really good. Um, we have a you have a lot of fans uh, here at the program and also at the Blaze. So keep oh, it up. Thank you so much. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> um, so tell me. I mean, you you talk about in this op-ed about your husband. Uh, he took on a guy much bigger and. this guy was bothering you and uh he won the fight and you guys got married oh right yeah i did mention that in that article (laughs) i think he he probably would rather i not bring that up but yeah he 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 did i was in a situation like that in new york city there was a very large uh very drunk man who was in my face harassing me wouldn't leave me alone we were outside a bar at night you can imagine and my husband just decided he just acted and he took the guy down. I mean, you know, he wasn't like harmed that much, but, you know, he maybe got a little bloody nose and he left us alone and we got out of there. And yeah, I, at first I was sort of horrified because my like, you know, my normal instincts as my 
you know, I used to be this sort of like feminist, you know, liberal. And so I was sort of like, oh my gosh, you, you hurt him, you know, like, you're not <laughs> supposed to do that. But then later, I had he kind of nursed his hand. I was like, you know, that was kind of, wow, that was, that was very macho. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I will marry you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it did sort of impress me a little bit, you know, like this is a guy who can defend a woman and that's in short supply these days. And that's what we're supposed to do. But we have destroyed men so much that most mm. are not going to get up. They're not. They're going to look the other way. Hope somebody else is going to deal with it. And I remember right after 9-11, I flew up to New York I was on one of the first flights uh, to New York, and uh, yeah. there were only four of us on the plane, and one wow. was this drunk uh, bad guy, and uh, he uh, <laughs> he stood up and he was arguing with the stewardess, and the other two men that were on board with with me, we got up and walked to this guy. And the stewardess is like, no, 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 don't. I've got it under control. And we just looked at this guy like, you don't sit down. We'll force you to sit down. And there was this this feeling of that's what you do. I mean, Todd, what was his name? Todd Beamer. Todd uh, Beamer, yeah. Yeah, who ran and, and saved. We don't do that now. Now we're being taught the exact opposite. Yeah, I mean, for many years you would get on a plane. And guys I know would tell me, every time I get on a plane... I'm looking around and like they're they were like kind of ready, you know, just in case there was another situation. They were they were ready to do what they had to do to save their own lives and to save strangers lives. But now you can't because you're going to be filmed and you're and, you know, AOC is going to get the video and she's going to post it and she's going to call you a bad guy. And so we live in this upside down world where, you know, safety is, you know, the only safety that they care about now is their constituents' safety from police, Correct. from good guys, from Correct. good Samaritans. You know, they want to be safe from, from hate speech, from racism. But your actual physical safety, just going about your daily life, is no one cares. Like, get pushed in front of a train, you know, a violent psychopath on a subway. You know, those people in that car with, with, um, with Daniel Penny, they thanked him. You know, right. these were people of color, you know. He, they, they said it was a situation like no other. They were so grateful he intervened. But yeah, men, like men can't intervene anymore. You know, people have been, masculinity has really been like totally neutered. Um, you know, literally, literally and figuratively, boys have been castrated. I mean, let's just, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. So tell me, what is, uh, what do you think the fate, well, how do you think this is going to end? You mean with Daniel Penny? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean, well, it's what is it going to a grand jury in a few months? I mean, just based on the witnesses statement, it seems crazy that they would, you know, that they would, you know, um, even go after him. Yeah. I mean, just there's no evidence that he did anything a racist. I mean, obviously, or intended to hurt him permanently to kill him or obviously it was just this crazy kind of freak accident. And he had, he felt like he had no choice. And his alternative was to sit there while this guy punched someone in the face or who knows what he would do. No one knew. No one knew what he would do. You can't predict. And he just, he had a split second to decide and he acted. But, you know, New York City is so crazy. 
I mean, the fact that they even arrested him after the cops let him go is just tells you how crazy they are. It's all ideological. You know, they had Jordan Neely the other day with Al Sharpton in the in the golden casket, just like I predicted. You know, this thing is so predictable how this will play out. Just Floyd part two that it makes me very worried. But, um, you know, luckily he has, what, two and a half million dollar, dollars worth of, um, of legal aid. So, you know, we'll have to see. So do you, think, do you think that a jury in, even in Manhattan, uh, the people of his peers will be people that have run the subways, uh, you know, uh, been on the subways recently? And the subways are terrifying right now. Terrifying. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you think that they would convict him? Um, yeah, it really depends who he gets. I mean, the whole the whole notion of quote a jury of your peers. I mean, yeah. that's just like such a myth. Like that's just gone. Like think about who's living in Manhattan these days. And his only hope is like people who um, maybe kind of typical liberals, Biden voters, or whatever. But they're people who are also in the real world, who are being de- dealing with these people on the subways, and they may they may reject the the, the prosecution's argument totally. But, you know, these people are real dirty. They play real dirty. And um, if they, they just want to make it about, they want to put all white people on trial. They want to put all race, anything racist that's ever happened on trial. And this one guy is the fall guy. You know, it's sort of like reverse OJ. So do you think now, this is, but do you think this is racist? Do you think that they were, um, the city was afraid of the protesters? Or do you think this is racist or that they are sending a message to everybody? You have no choice but to sit down and take it. Uh, Quite a little of both, but I think primarily it's about distracting people from the real villain here, which is the city's total neglect of their giant homeless schizophrenic population and their complete inability to do anything about it. And so this is their way of pointing the finger at the guy whose fault it is. Whereas, meanwhile, Penny is just another victim in all of this. And so is the, so is Jordan Neely. And the real, the real villain, the real person who should be literally in prison for multiple murders are the authorities who let this happen, who let Michelle go get pushed in front of a train, you know, last year in New York city, um, who let, who lets women, get raped and stabbed in New York city on subways in their apartments by, by men that they know about. They have long records. They just let them go. You know, these are the people who, these are the crimes that they should be held accountable for, but they never will. And so instead they just have found, they found a convenient fall guy. We're talking to peachy Cannon. She is the American editor, contributing editor, author of a book that comes out next month called domestic extremist. One last question. Are you, were you being serious about telling your husband and your son to sit down and don't do anything? Um, you know, we've had this exact discussion. I mean, it's something I live in fear of whenever my teenage sons leave the house. You know, they're driving around. We live in a big city. Um, you know, God forbid they run into the wrong, the wrong person. You know, um, they, they're Boy Scouts. You know, they've gone, they've almost to Eagle Scout level. Their, their instinct is to defend and protect and, mm. you know, be good they're, they're Catholics, they're, they're Christians, they're moral. And I've actually had this discussion with them. And just like, if there's a situation that is going sideways, get out of there. Get out of there. And my sons push back. They're like, well, if there's someone, they're hurting someone, like, I'm going to do something. I'm like, well, 
look, if it's your little sister, if it's a little kid, like, yes, like that's a situation where maybe you should, you know, put yourself in, in grave danger. But in a situation between adults, like you just just go away before it escalates. Why, you know, why risk the rest of your life? I mean, it's really sad. I mean, it's one of the reasons that it's scary to live in a in a Soros DA run city. I mean, it's very terrifying. Thank you so much, Peachy. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you again when your book comes out. Awesome. Thanks so much, Glenn. You bet. Peachy Keenan. That is, that's, that's a little uh, terrifying that a uh, mine. And I understand that. I understand what she just said. I think, yeah, I, I know I have that same instinct at times. And my thought also is I like, let, let me fight that stuff out at a larger level. If you're in the middle of one of those situations. Now, again, if you have to protect someone's life, it's another story, but like, if some of these sometimes these situations are just going sideways and you're in a situation of risk, get to remove yourself from that risk. We'll try to move. We'll try to move society at another moment, but live to try to fight that battle tomorrow. It's an understandable instinct from a parent. I'll tell you that. Do I you feel know it all the time. Gets? Oh yeah. What mayor uh, was that? Dinkins or was that? Uh... Ed Koch. Ed Koch, maybe. I don't remember what year. Let's see. I mean, it's interesting that we deal with these every time the city goes crazy. Every time there's a Democrat that is in office and they and they destroy the city. Crime goes through the roof. And eventually somebody says enough is enough. I'm I'm just no. I'm not taking it. And uh, and Bernard Getz was the last time when you had the. When you had Rudy Giuliani in office, that wasn't happening. Yeah, it was Ed Koch, by the way. Yeah. 1984. And what did he, what, did he go to jail for it or not? Gosh, it's been so long. So I, I know, I don't back. remember. Yeah, I have to look back at that. I, I thought he didn't. I didn't think so. I, I think that, that that's why I asked that question uh, this time. Are, is a jury of the peers going to put him in jail? And I don't think he did. And his was, you know, pulling a gun on a guy. This one, this one is, I think, even harder to send somebody to jail. He did now, and I'm looking back, and he did serve time in prison, but for something else, right? He had some other, not it wasn't for the actual shootings of that day. Wow, but well, it's it's a it's a little. I have to read back on it. It's mm. been it's been a long time, but it one of the situations where, like, look again, don't try to mug people on a subway. Yeah, you know, this is the best way to avoid such things. I'm a small business owner, and one of the things I love best about owning a business is when I can actually do something that helps people. Um, this is what we had in mind when my brother and I started uh, real estate agents I trust.com. I've been around the real estate business for a while because I've sold so many houses and lost money because I was in the you know radio business, and so the economy would go uh, poorly, and then I'd lose my job, and I'd have to sell my house at the worst possible time. And... Honestly, I didn't even know how to look for a real estate agent. I had no idea. Then I started working with what the Wall Street Journal calls the 500 best real estate agents in the country. And I got to know them and started asking them questions. How do you interview? How do you know what the best pig, you know, what the best practices are? And I noticed out of those agents, they all kind of had the same answers. So my brother and I went to work and like, let's screen for these people. And then steer them your way when you're looking for a real estate agent. Let's see if we can find those people all around the country. And that's what we do now. Realestateagentsitrust.com. We put these people through the ringer and a vetting test. 
realestateagentsitrust.com. You're moving, whether it's across the street or across the country, we'll help you find the right real estate agent. realestateagentsitrust.com. Glenn Beck. Oh, wow, there's a really heartwarming video out uh, online from a, um, an influencer. Uh, cut five. This is, um, this is an interview with uh, this influencer's grandma who's about to die. What, oh, okay. what are your thoughts as you, as you like, move closer to the day? It's like the light at the end of the tunnel. What are some of the um, precursors, like the questions they ask to, to make sure you're doing it for the right reasons? Your diagnosis is, if it's fatal, how many more months you have. They can give you time to consider. They keep stressing the fact that you can always change your mind. What is the actual day like? I, I know that they set an appointment, special injection, putting you to sleep. And the big pain is the prick in the hand to to provide for the, the little valves. And, and then once you're in a deep sleep, there are other two other injections you get. Hmm. At that point, you go. This is nice. It's painless. Uh, would you prefer I feel guilty oh, doing I, this to my dog. I think in my case, I'm oh, like God, yeah. put, my, put my dog to sleep? I, I feel guilty about that. 100%. Look, it's once stop. Once again, it is just being mainstreamed. What about the acoustic music behind it, though? Did that change your mind in any uh, way? Well, you, it was... Are you now pro-killing people? I... I, I was me. against it, uh, but then I heard the acoustic guitar and the really nice singing. Yeah. And, and now like, you're like, wow, you know, they put a lot of thought into this. They've picked yeah. th- thematic music that matches the mood. It probably is okay to just murder people whenever you want. That's, so that's the conclusion sad. I came to, thanks to the acoustic guitar. So sad. So, so depressing. Sad. All right. Back in just a minute. The Glenn Beck Program.